Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Good morning. This is Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and I'm glad to have you back with us again today. We are a week out from Christmas, so if you haven't got your shopping done, I hate to tell you it's too late, so just give up now. I mean, we can still start in a few days. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm sure it's going to be a mad rush the weekend before, oh. uh, you know, on Saturday. Um, we don't have Sean with us today. His daughter is getting married in about a week, and so he's been tied up with a lot of that stuff. And uh, we're so happy for her. Her name is Gracie, and she's actually been on this show before. We've had her on and uh, had her speaking about different issues that we were curious about. And um, she's an amazing girl, so sweet, and we're excited for her. But Sean's tied up with a lot of the wedding stuff that's coming up. And I've got Cody with me, and he's going to be my backup, making sure I don't say something wrong. Or if I do, just making me feel like an idiot. No, I could beep it. Okay. You can beep it. You can use the buttons. Um, I wanted to get into right off the bat here. We're going to, we're going to just bring out the big guns right off the bat. Let's wake up because this is a story that I'm sure is going to be polarizing. It's already polarizing the United States. And uh, that is uh, even here in the Yuma community, believe it or not, I have kids that are at high school. Um, I have kids that are in middle school. I have kids that are in elementary school and this year, specifically, there have been issues arising where uh, a boy claims to be a girl and therefore wants to be on a team or is actually participating on teams um, here in the Yuma Valley. And uh, so this issue has actually recently come up in the state of Florida. Cody, you were aware of this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this article that this issue that actually happened not like two or three weeks ago. So... The listeners, I don't know if you know this, but in 2021, Florida passed a law that said a biological boy cannot participate on a female sports team in high school sports. And that was signed into law by Governor DeSantis. And um, it says it bars males who identify as females from participating in women's sports. And it actually got taken to the appeal court, because it obviously, because it's so polarizing, um, that, that issue, it got litigated. And the appeals court said, the federal court said, no, it's constitutional. There, and, and the main reason why is because a boy that identifies as a girl and wants to play on a sports team still has an ability to play on a sports team. So it's not foreclosing to that individual the opportunity to play on a sports team. They just have to play on a team that is... Um, suited to their biological sex. So having said all that, what happened? Well, in Florida, that high school had a boy that was playing on the volleyball team who identified as a girl for at least two years. And so finally, the, uh, the state of Florida came after that high school and levied fines against it. And uh, I'll just read a little bit of this article. The association's policy states that the boys may not participate on female sports teams, quote, if the school's overall boys' athletic program equals or exceeds the girls' overall athletic program. So it sounds to me like the way that 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 law is structured is such that if you have enough girls that are coming out for, in this case, volleyball, then it has to be manned with all volleyball or all female players. If they don't have enough players 
female players for that volleyball team, then you can substitute in a, um, a male, which is very typical. I mean, I've heard of that here in, in Arizona, especially with really small schools. You have like eight-man football. Sometimes you have to sub people in because you just don't have enough people, and that could involve uh, a boy or a girl. Having said all that, this particular school is a large school, and it had plenty of females that were on that volleyball team, yet they went against the state law that was passed in Florida in 2021 and allowed this boy who identifies as a girl to play on this volleyball team. And so the state actually prosecuted and upheld their law that was passed in 2021. The investigation resulted in the determination that the school violated the law and association policy, and the association levied a $16,500 fine Um Justin Harrison, an associate executive director with the association, informed the school and county in the news in the new letter that they sent off to the, the high school. The fine is based on the number of games the volleyball team played in recent years because this happened over the course of, I think, two years. The association is also formally reprimanding the school, which means the school will have an official censure on its record, placing it on administrative probation through November 2024 requiring school representatives to attend a compliance seminar. <laughs> oh, man. That's and require, the worst. And requiring that out of all of it, that's the worst. That's the worst. Requiring the school to host association staff for a compliance workshop. Wow. Yeah, because the money is the taxpayer's money. They don't care about that. But sitting through those seminars. Dorian Norton is the boy that's involved here. A boy who says he's a girl is also not eligible to participate in sports at any schools that are a member of the association. I imagine when they use the word association, they're talking about the athletic association in the, in the high school realm. Like here in Arizona, we have the Arizona Athletic Association, AAA. And so it's probably something like that. Dorian Norton, the boy who says he's a girl, is also not eligible to participate in, the, in sports at any schools that are a member of the association. The boy participated in two seasons of volleyball. And it goes on. this article goes on to say, Thanks to the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida passed legislation to protect girls' sports, and we will not tolerate any school that violates this law. That was Manny Diaz Jr., that's uh, Florida's education commissioner. We applaud the swift action taken by the Florida High School Athletic Association to ensure there are serious consequences for this illegal behavior. What do you think about that? So I'm wondering, does this, or do they have anywhere to, you know, uh, manipulate Title IX and... and make that, you know, force them to, to bend their, their opinions. Are you asking, can this family now sue the Florida association, state of Florida for this particular law and, uh, argue that that school or the association should not receive title nine num- uh, money? Is that what you're asking? Well, I'm wondering if, uh, is this there's, dis- is discrimination. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm wondering if there's any protections in title nine that, that would go to, you know, Create, create ammo for them, to give them, you know, something to, to work with here. Create ammo for who? The, the boy? Yeah. So my understanding, especially in this circuit, it's been really kind to a Florida-type law like this. And so they've said that regardless of what the President of the United States tries to push on Title IX or interpret that in such a way as to say, well, it, you cannot discriminate against transgender individuals, the appellate courts have said no. That does not mean Title IX does not allow that. It's okay. not discrimination to say that a trans a trans boy cannot play on a female sports team. That's not discrimination because that boy has an actual way of playing 
or participating, he's not being discriminated against. He has outlets. He has abilities to do things. Um, he just has to play on the correct sports team. So it's not discrimination. And uh, and that's in that circuit that we're talking about, that federal circuit. So they are, they, they're queued up for being pretty safe. When I say that, I'm, I'm talking about Florida and this law. They've already right. been upheld in the appellate court. So in that circuit, they're doing pretty good. The, the challenge would come if it goes beyond the, that appellate court up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court says, actually, that is discrimination, but it hasn't got there yet. And so for the time being, it's not discrimination. You can have a law that says that. And I think there is another law, and um, who else did this? I think Tennessee, South Carolina, several of those states that are surrounding Florida have already implemented a law like this. I would like to see that done in, in Arizona. If you want to be proactive, then you would do that through the legislature and put forth a law like that. I'm not seeing anything. I, I'm not but I'm not even watching for it, you know, in the legislature here in Arizona. I don't know if you are. I haven't seen anything like I, that. I think it's a Republican-controlled House and Senate, isn't it? Yeah. It's, so now would be the time. I mean, you have a Democrat, a Democratic governor in Katie Hobbs, but if you get it passed by those two houses, and then even if she vetoes it, you can still override that veto using the, the House and the, the Senate. I mean, it becomes more of a public thing at that point. Now you're putting it on the governor to make a, a decision— that may upset a lot of the voters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, the general temperature is here in Arizona regarding this issue. I know how I, I have an idea of what it is here in Yuma, but we're just a small little community on the outskirts of Maricopa County. And so what is it what what is the temperature in Maricopa County? I have no idea. I, I don't mean, know what they I, I guess how they would come down on this issue. I guess you could look at what um, our state superintendent Tom Horn is doing about this issue and the feedback or or criticism criticism he's received. Um, so far, it looks like he is standing on the side of normal families. Yeah, and I'm not what. So Tom Horn, Tom Horn is the superintendent of public of education. Public education for the state of Arizona, and he himself, his office has issued a statement saying. We will not allow this in Arizona, meaning we won't allow transgender individuals to play on a team that they don't identify, not identify with, that they biologically don't. I think it's so difficult to even phrase this. That's how, how it is. So the Department of Education came out with this. This was like uh, two or three months ago. It says, recent questions raised about school policies for the usage of restrooms. This is, this is just talking about restrooms and locker rooms, but it, it applies to playing on sports teams as well. That's, this is a sentiment of the Department of Education here in Arizona. And it says, Horn addresses boys' and girls' restroom policies at schools. And it says, recent questions raised, by, raised about school policies for the usage of restrooms, locker rooms, and shower areas has state schools chief Tom Horn responding to concerns he has received from parents and other interested citizens statewide. Horn stated, quote, I have been contacted by a number of parents who are outraged by the idea that biological boys can use restrooms, locker rooms, and shower facilities meant for girls, and they are considering removing their daughters from schools that allow this. In Arizona, they certainly have multiple school options from which to choose, end quote. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, well, this article says, some schools have cited federal Title IX as a basis for their guidance. Horn explained, Quote, under the current Title IX, there is no language that compels schools to permit biological boys to use girls' bathrooms. And that's what Yuma County is, just as an aside, that's what our superintendent in the high school district has been quoting is this council that they've got from some, um, some liberal-leaning law firm up in Phoenix. 
they have it in writing saying that, oh, you, you might be violating Title IX because of this case and this case way over here and yonder and over here. It's like, uh, those aren't even in our, those aren't even in the Ninth Circuit. And, so it and, doesn't apply to us, number one. Number two, there are far more circuit courts that have said the alternative to that. And the state superintendent said, no, yeah, that's exactly. not the case. And yeah. he's, he's an attorney. When we brought this up, I mean, this was months ago, Cody, when we were talking about this, yeah. you and I. And we were just baffled that our, our Yuma County superintendent would side with some law firm over the state. Like, if you got the backing of the state, I would say, go for it. Put in place a policy now while you have a good, advantageous state representative that's going to back you. And he's already telling you, that this is what we believe at the Department of Education for Arizona. So we're not going to sue you. Those, those are the people that are going to sue you if you go against what they say. Well, he's on, on your side, so there is no reasoning as to not have a policy that is in place, it's not going to go against Title IX. And the Department of Education already said that, right? Um, so anyway, going on, it says, under the current Title IX, there is no language that compels schools to permit biological boys to use girls' bathrooms, locker rooms, or shower areas. The Biden administration has proposed changes to Title IX that might allow for this, but this proposal has no force of law until it is ruled on by the courts, which has n- which has not occurred. So... It doesn't matter what the Biden administration says or doesn't like. It's not law, and you're not bound by it just because he says he wants something or he wants Title IX to be interpreted a certain way. Therefore, the Arizona Department of Education strongly advises that schools not initiate a policy that allows biological boys to use restrooms, locker rooms, or shower facilities that are intended for girls. Biological boys who expose themselves to girls could be violating indecent exposure laws. Not could be. They are. Um, uh, indecent exposure laws and subject and subject to arrest schools can provide separate facilities even small ones that are open to neither gender to either gender neither gender either gender that meet the needs of transgender students without compromising the dignity of others that's what tom horn said he also added this issue will ultimately be decided by the united states supreme court and he goes on to say i am defending the state law that prohibits biological boys from participating in girl sports and the basic legal argument for that action is similar to the one that addresses the use of bathrooms, locker rooms, and shower areas. And, and this is exactly what we're talking about in Florida. Yeah. I didn't know there was a law. I mean, he's, he's referring, he says, I am defending the state law that prohibits biological boys from participating in girls' sports. And the basic legal argument for that action is similar to the one that addresses the use of bathrooms, locker rooms, and shower areas. I wasn't aware that Arizona had that law or has a law on the books that prevents that. I've been to swimming competitions for my sons in high school, and they, there is a boy who identifies as a girl that's... No, it might be the other way around. It might be a girl identifying as a boy, so she's on the relay team. Dude, well, she, like, that's that earns extra credit, you know what I mean, or, or extra attention if you are a girl competing in boy sports. Because we always hear about the other way around. A boy who is, like, 400th place now, you know, joins the women's swim league, and he's second. Yeah, I mean, and it'd be... It'd, it'd, It'd be a different story if it was like a help to your relay team, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, um, physically, I I hope I'm not, I hope this isn't uh, like revolutionary or incendiary, but females traditionally are not as fast or as strong as, as the male counterpart. I mean, that's, I think, I mean, not that I've seen. Maybe you know something different. No, I mean, if, if we're going off, you know, statistics and, and information, then, yeah, I think you're accurate. 
or like 7,000 years of earth history. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but feelings, you're, you're being mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That's what I, I didn't want to offend you. Yeah, no, you're not offending me. I mean, if we're talking about actual numbers and data and information. Well, I apologize. But if I'm it's... just going to apologize just because <laughs> I feel like I need to. Okay. Because I can see it on your face. We got to go to break. This is Life, Death, and the Law. We'll be right back. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hansen, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Law. I'm attorney Adam Hansen, and uh, we've been talking a lot about this uh, recent story out of Florida where a boy who identifies as a girl in high school in a Florida high school there was playing on their volleyball team for two years, the girls' volleyball team. And uh, that school was recently prosecuted by the state of Florida because that's against the law that they have there that was passed in 2021. So we're going to change gears here. Cody and I are really interested in AI, artificial intelligence, and it's become quite the thing this year, actually. You know, at the very beginning of the year is when it was really kind of mainstreamed, and it's been growing ever since. Since its implementation in the public, we've seen a lot of outcry or... We've seen a lot of tech people come out of the woodwork saying, hey, 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 we need to slow this down because of the potential of, I don't know, robots taking over the world and killing us. Is that the fear? I don't know, Cody. That's what, you know, everybody is uh, talking about Skynet and Terminator. But I mean, it's so much more. I mean, I'm more worried about like loss of, of uh, you know, privacy, <laughs> things like that, um, than robots actually turning into killing machines and taking over the world. I don't know if that's going to happen. I ran across a really interesting article. or not? It wasn't even an article. It was an interview between the CEO of NVIDIA, which is one of uh, the largest. It is the largest chip maker in the, in the world. And uh, they're not a Korean company. It's an American company. And the CEO is American. He, he created this back in 1993. His name is Jensen Wong. And um, I, I came across this interview. This was back on like November 30th. But it was really... I found it fascinating. If you know anything about NVIDIA or if you're invested in stocks, their stock has just skyrocketed over the course of the last couple of years. They are killing it. There is no competitor in that market that is even close to what they're doing. And so I found it interesting as I listened to this uh, interview. This was back on the 30th, like I said, of November. And it was between the, the interview was on a stage and for the New York Times. It was the annual deal book summit is what this this forum was called. I'd seen other interviews of other individuals come onto this uh, stage between um, the guy that's interviewing Jensen is named Andrew Ross Sorkin. So you can look that up on YouTube. And if you're interested, it's about, it's about 28 minutes, you know, but I was interested. So I was invested in seeing what this guy had to say. I just have respect for him. First and foremost, he's been around since 1993 with this company, gone through all these travails and all these issues. And yet he's, weathered the storm. And he talks about that in this interview that it has not been easy. And he, he makes a comment that the, the guy that's interviewing him, he asks, well, he, he's known for this quote that he said recently. This is Jensen, the CEO of NVIDIA, where he said, if looking back now, if I was presented with the opportunity to do what, what I've done, I probably wouldn't have done it. And so in this interview, he clarifies what he meant by that. He said, you know, looking back at, at a 23-year-old kid, 
And if I would have known then as a 23 year old kid, the work and the, the tribulations and the, just all this that was going to happen. I, as a 23 year old kid, had I known all that to get to where I am today, he said, I probably wouldn't have done it, but I'm glad that I did, you know, and it's made me a better person kind of thing. So it sounds like he's gone through some stuff. And a lot of the stuff that he mentioned there in that interview was that he was so lucky to form his, his business entity in the right way, right off the bat. There are a lot of competitors in this field. If you know this, I don't know, but, um, that have issues with their board. One of those is, uh, open AI, which is the the company that runs ChatGPT, which is the main, the mainstreamed AI program that most people know about, but their board has recently experienced some really hard issues and almost dismantling the company. And so he brings that up in his interview that he was he's been lucky that their entity was created legally on sound footing, and therefore he's been able to weather storms because of the way that they set that up, which is a pitch for our office because we do business planning all the time, and and so we help our our clients put together a good structure to avoid issues in the, in the future um, where businesses might commonly run into issues. So having said all that, Jensen is worth about, I think the current estimate is about $43 billion, $43 billion, $43 billion. And uh, that's in large part because of this company, NVIDIA, that he's put together over the course of the years. So I tell you the background because he's not a dummy. He's incredibly intelligent, but you wouldn't know it, you know, in the, no, I shouldn't say that. You do know it as he's talking. I mean, he's just cool and collected on stage as he's in this interview, but I mean, you look at him, you're like $43 billion and he's just in like a t-shirt and jeans and, and a leather, leather jacket. He looks cool, you know? Yeah. No Steve Jobs, like, you know, show or anything like that. Kind of a, like a Bill Gates-ish like appearance, kind of just a normal guy. Yeah. And uh, I like that about him. But he goes on to talk about his views of AI in the future. He mentions that in ten, his company is looking at 10 years in the future. So he's got to be ahead of all the competitors and ahead of all the game. And uh, so some of the things that they are doing. Cody, you, what is your biggest fear of this AI stuff? Um, so my, my thought was I, I don't want to see AI used in like legislation. Like I don't think we should. But we're seeing it used in court cases and court cases become case law. And so at some point, you know, we're going to have like rules that, you know, humans have to obey that are written by robots. And that's just, there's something wrong with that, Adam. One of the things that he brings up in this interview is the, one of the reasons why his company is beating everybody else is because they changed their fundamental view or understanding of how computers work. He said, we are traditioned and conditioned to know a computer means I input some data, the computer goes and retrieves that data and brings the data back to me. He said that once we understood, well, with AI, an AI component, it changes the fundamentals of what a computer actually is. No longer do we just input data and expect that the computer to go and find it and then bring it back to me, retrieve the data. He says we want it to retrieve data, process that data, logically work through that data and give me back a worked out process of logical reasoning. That's the new age of computers. So it's no longer just asking, Hey, uh, you know, what's the capital of Nebraska? And it comes back and spits that out. It's more like, 
you know, what's the current GDP of, of Nebraska? And I want you to come up with some ideas of why is it not more than that? Or why is it not less than that? So we're, we're asking it to analyze now, too. Not yeah. just give us data, but give us But results. it can't work off of any, uh, you know, nothing. And so the primary base of all these AI programs, ChatGPT included, is what's called LLM. It's a large language model. That's the model that's being used to, to give answers, if you will. You know, in, a, in the layman's terms, it's processing on the back end. This AI is processing what you've put in, and then it's working through the LLM, large language model, to give back to you what it thinks you want to hear or the reasoned output. So the LLM, is that controlled by any group or person? Because I thought you could ask, uh, you know, open AI or whatever. You can ask a question, tell me a joke about Jesus, it'll tell you. Tell me a joke about Muhammad, it will not. That's a great idea. So, or a great question. So the LLM model that ChatGPT uses yeah. is their proprietary version of LLM. So LLM on its very basic subset is open source, meaning you and I could go... You, we could start from scratch with an LLM, pick an open source LLM, and then we start building upon that. And in this interview, it's really telling as to how NVIDIA has been working through that. So he says in his interview, NVIDIA would not have produced chips today that are on market without AI's help. It was because of those AI LLM models that they've developed in-house. So that got me it was like a revelation to me. And that was what opened up my mind. Oh, so they're not using chat GPT at NVIDIA in the back end to try and come up with new ideas and new inventions for chips. Instead, they took an LLM model that was open source and they trained it themselves. So you go, you get your own LLM and you start training it. And as you train it with facts and data that you know or you want it to know, then it can come back and, and work through those things logically. So NVIDIA has its own set of, of AI that it works through. It's proprietary to them that comes up with ideas and comes up with technology that we haven't seen before to, the human race doesn't know about. So like a, a private like AI system that just builds their systems or builds their, their products. Yep, conditioned on what yeah. it's been taught. So they, they've got years of data and research that they can give to it and teach it and say, this is what's happened in the past. This is probably what, what you need to know for future. Perfect example of what AI should be used for. Yes, do that. Where we shouldn't be using it in the state house. We shouldn't be using And remember, I think you brought this story up. There was a, a couple attorneys that used it. Yeah. And they forgot. They left like the, the notes in there and the judge found it. And didn't he, um, I don't think he. They, don't they got reprimanded, yeah. but I don't know if they got like uh, fined. So like that kind of stuff, we shouldn't be using it for. I've played around with it. I have played around with it, and to me, it's like it's like a subpar paralegal. I mean, when I give it data and I ask it to do things, if I'm very specific and, and I tell it, I want you to give me this in this certain way, it'll give it to me, but I, I can't rely on the information that's being given to me. I'm going to say it's going to be, you know, like 60% accurate, but it does give me a starting point. Yeah, and I mean, I've used it for research. I think it's great for that to uh, go out to the, the internet and fetch data and present it. That's great. But uh, when we use it to start like finalizing our, our products and final, like I said, I just don't want to see it used to create laws. And I, I see it going there. Why would that be bad though? 
we shouldn't have computers uh, controlling what humans do. Like a human should have to write those words and live with those. Because what, what are most laws? We're fixing laws that are already on the books. I mean, we've heard this from our, our state reps and our senators. Oh, my job is to fix the laws that are messed up. Well, why are we putting ourselves in that position to start with? So let's let's not let computers do that to us. I wouldn't say your AI is doing AI can't do anything that you don't prompt it to do. Essentially what I would say is why not be able to use it to say, you know what? This is this is the body of law in the state of Arizona. Here's all the statutes in Arizona. Here's all the case law in Arizona, all of it. Yeah. Not just like pertaining to this specific statute. I want to download to you all of the information. And then I want you, now I can ask you questions and I can say, I can say, well, why isn't this law constitutional in your opinion? Well, and again, use that for research. But once it comes to, to drafting, you know, laws that humans have to obey, I don't think we should have machines doing that. And then you well, this is what I would say. So you, now you give it all the information, all the case law, all yeah. the statutes, and you can now ask it questions about what would be some better framing of a particular statute to, to still be constitutional according to the current case law that we know on the books. And then it gives you proposed language. Do you have to use that language? No. But what I hear to say is don't even go there. Well, I guess what I'm saying is don't give us a reason to stop thinking. Because once you do that, like, we'll, we'll get lazy. Adam, how many phone numbers do you remember now? I remember, <laughs> like, my, yeah, my, my house, wife, <laughs> the house number that I grew up in that doesn't go to anything. So once you give humans the ability to, to be lazy, I think we're going to take that. And then I, Skynet's going to control everything. I wonder. I mean, I've had that same thought. You know, the more la you, may, will it create a more lazy society? Hasn't it already it has done to. that? It has to. Not just AI, but we. I was reading an article probably like six or eight months ago. And, and the article was premised on, this was a scholarly article, I think out of Princeton or something like that. And the, the research had shown that most people... Most people, academic people, are not, they do not in their toolkit have the ability to research properly anymore. And that was premised on the search engine generation. So we're very apt to go to Google and ask questions, but we don't dig deeper and we don't cite things. We don't, we don't dig deeper, think through things. Like Wikipedia is enough. <laughs> you know, like how many stop at Wikipedia and don't yeah. go past that? We got to go to break. This is Life, Death, and the Law. We'll be back after this. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. 
You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and we've been talking a lot today about a law that was passed in Florida. Our first segment was premised on this law that was passed in Florida in 2021 that disallows, what do you say, how do you even phrase this, biological, biological. boys from participating in a female sport on a I shouldn't say that on a female sports team volleyball and we talked about the issues that arose there and in particular high school that's being fined right now and they have to go attend some seminar or workshop or something like that um and so the question becomes well can that happen here in Arizona apparently Tom Horn our department of education guy says that we already have a law in the books that prevents boys from playing on women's sports teams. I don't I don't know of any. I haven't looked it up, to be honest. I'll, I'm going to look it up. I'm curious now after this show. But um, if that's true, I don't know why the state isn't doing what the state of Florida did here in Arizona. I've, I've, seen, I've personally seen members of the opposite sex playing on teams of the opposite sex. So I don't, I don't understand if we have that law, then why isn't the state doing anything here in Arizona about it like Florida is? I don't know. So I'd, I'd like to know more about that law. But Tom Horn, who said that, he uh, he's an attorney himself, so he would be he, he would know, you know, I'm sure. So we talked about that, and we also went on to talk about AI and its prevalence here in our community and in the future. Um, Sean was telling me last week a quote that he came across that said there will be two businesses in the future, um, in the coming future, one that's embraced. AI and one that's out of business that hasn't. And so does that make you nervous, Cody? No, and, and it actually makes sense. I mean, you should, like NVIDIA, they are using AI to develop our products, absolutely. But um, should we use AI at the state capitol to develop laws? I don't, I don't think so. At least not draft them, you know. Um, but that being said, yeah, you have to implement, you know, what's happening. I mean, I think if you don't, yeah, you, you'll be left in the dust. Well, the the neat thing about AI is that you can train it, like you can train a person. So you can say, no, that's not good. I I want I want the result to be more like this. That would be more advantageous, or that would be more in line with what I want you to do. And then it starts to learn, and over time, it it gets better and better. And that's what Nvidia has done. They've taken a a open source LLM large language model, and they've fed it information. The interesting thing about this is, I mean, yeah, AI has been mainstreamed this year, at the very beginning of this year, but NVIDIA has been doing this for two years. So they've already been using AI before we even knew about it publicly, Oh yeah, basically, you know? And uh, I, that's impressive to me. Oh, and don't get me wrong, and, and we, we've had AI in our, in our you know, uh, society for decades. You know, what, we wouldn't know how to spell if it wasn't for AI and spell check, you know? Like, so there is functional ai it does exist but i guess my point is uh we should not you know um yield to machines <laughs> you're really scared about this I'm machine just, thing i'm just saying i don't i don't want a, a law you know drafted by a robot that we have to obey i think one of the biggest fears about ai is what elon musk brought up early on this year when he went he, he went public with his actual thoughts he said yeah it's great but we need to slow it down because it's not the, it's the, I guess his, his argument was it's what you can't see behind the scenes. You know, it's, it's what AI would be doing and you don't even know about it. Um, meaning if it's operating your car and 
it determines that you're a, a terrorist threat or something like that. And it just conveniently makes you crash your car and you, you didn't even know you, you know, um, that, I guess that's a legitimate fear. I, well, I think that's what you're talking about is the machines rule the world kind yeah, of thing. Well, well more like we're, 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 we have to obey legislation drafted by, you know, a machine like it, it should be drafted by a representative that I have either voted for or against. But regardless, I have a say in the matter. I don't think we should pawn off that responsibility to. That's cute that you think you have a say in the matter. I do. Right. The naive naivete vote. Vote your conscience. <laughs> like your vote counts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right, though. Like, look at Moore's Law. And what's Moore's Law? Isn't that like uh, technology doubles like every 18 months or something like that? Like the amount of transistors you're able to put onto a, a circuit board? You know? So what happens when it gets so advanced that we can't even comprehend what it's thinking? And that's essentially what NVIDIA has done. I mean, on their circuit boards, they've got down to microscopic level technology. So they've shrunk everything so small, and they say, but for AI, we would not have been able to do that. It came up with ideas, or at least started the, the ball rolling as to possibilities technologically of what they could do to shrink technology and to get more packed into a, a chip of silicon. So I, I thought, well, maybe AI can help me develop some sort of new technology for some drip pipes. So I went to AI, and I asked it. This was months ago. You know, I was just curious. Yeah. It does it have some wealth of knowledge of how drip emitters work in tubes? You know, I don't know. So I asked the questions I and I said, I want you to develop a a drip emitter that is cheap to produce and that I can three D print and then I give it all these things and it came out with something. Like and I was looking at what it had come up with and it was all word based. So it wasn't it wasn't um uh, it wasn't sophisticated enough to give me pictures or anything like that, but it would describe as if it were a picture. And so I was able to jot it out and, and look at it. I'm thinking, I don't know if that would work or not, you know. Um, but it was interesting to play around with to try and push the envelope of technology as to what we know. Just like we're driving around on tires that have not changed for decades. Right? I mean, there, there's been advances in the technology and the development. And, but, but has there? I mean... We're still riding around on radial tires that are filled with air. Yeah, but apparently, like the ones I have, can go off road and don't get punctured by you know rocks. So they're they're better like developed. But you're right. Essentially, it's the same. I think it's a conspiracy. Yeah, right. I really do. I think the I think it's all a conspiracy. I think the tire companies are keeping us purposely in uh, back backwards in their technological mind frame. But surely we could have come up with better ideas than aired up tires over the course of all these years, over a hundred years, you know? Yeah. Maybe you put some steel in them. Uh, maybe you have a fix a flat type procedure if you get punctures on the go, but wouldn't it just be better and avoid a lot of accidents if we could just not ride on tires that explode? Right. I don't know. You'd think so. Why not just have a hovering car? A maglev? Yeah. Yeah. That, that technology exists. Which brings us to flying cars. Okay. That was quite the, the jump, right? That's something that former President Trump had uh, proposed. He said we need to start pushing for flying cars. I've seen a lot of different models. Have you seen it? Because I've been working on my pilot's license. Yeah. 
And so I'm thinking, why am I doing this if we're just going to have flying cars and I can just fly that? Like, I don't even need my pilot's license. We, as a general population, can now just fly do you think a little car. Do you think you're in that lifetime of a flying car? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I've already seen them. I mean, if you look it up on YouTube, they're coming more and more mainstream. I mean, yeah, they're drones that can lift, you know, people, like sing, single people. But, I mean, we're talking about, like, four people. Plus, I mean, how about a flying bus? Are we going to get there? I've been really, actually, airplane. I digress, but talking about flight, I've been really um, not impressed at the lack of technology and flight over all these years, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking, we've been flying for a long time. I know there's a lot of autopilot products out there, and in fact, when you're riding in a jet, uh, a passenger jet, it's mainly flying itself, which is cool, but part of the issue is in private piloting is that you're riding in this 1967 plane that has dials and things like that. And there's so much you have to be paying attention to that do you, you lose sight of other things. You know, that's part of the problem of, of private pilot flight is that you have to have your attention on so many things at once that it's very easy to be distracted. And once you're distracted, that it lends to the idea that you might crash. I, I like to think it's like a lot of multitasking for a little bit of time. Yeah. You know, then it's boring for hours. And there are there are autopilot products that you can install afterwards. It's super expensive and all these things. But I'm thinking, man, if I had I been in this field a lot earlier, I would have been looking for a lot more technology or pushing towards more technology faster. There's so there's easy ways to upgrade things like even the audio. You get in an old plane and you have to stick in your your headphone jacks into these old headphone things. I'm like, okay, you haven't gotten digital yet. Yeah. It's very easy to convert that signal to digital. And then most of your flying is done communicating with all sorts of different frequencies. And you have to know all these frequencies. You have to tune it in and you have to tune it into another frequency as you move along and you go, it's like, dude, it'd be so much easier. Why haven't you guys come up with this? I could do it in like my sleep. Just come up with an, a digital way of moving from place to place and AI could totally help that. It knows where I am. It's tracking me, and therefore it can just move my radio frequencies here to there. And I don't even have to push buttons. It just knows. You know, it can talk to me and things like that. Siri, like, anyway, I digress. So uh, flying cars. Do you think we're we're getting to a point where we'll have flying cars on the market, and it'll be something that that's yeah. obtainable? Yeah, I think in the next fifteen years. Okay, absolutely. They already have them. Um, are they mainstream? No, but they're working on it. Yeah, I mean, I thought they're still in development, but I mean, I'm just thinking like we are still using, you know, gas for our vehicles. I know electric is getting there, but I don't know. I just don't know if it's in our lifetime. They're even you know? working on electric planes. I mean, I've seen that as well, which makes a lot of sense. You yeah. know, um, the the challenge with electric planes is that you have to have a lot of energy for a long time if you're going to go cross country. And so how do you keep that propeller going? I mean, most of the flights being done with the wings. And, but you need that propulsion if you want to go a certain speed for a certain amount of time. And, and uh, the challenge with flight is that there's so many factors. Weight is one of those. And if you're putting fuel in, then now you can't carry as much of a load of people or luggage. So you're always doing these calculations of, of what you're doing. And it's just complicated. It becomes more complicated than it needs to be, I believe. If you could have a, a, an engine that didn't require fuel that changes over the course of your trip because as you burn that fuel right now now your weight distribution changes and now 
You have to move things around. There's all sorts of factors that you have to calculate in. And it would just be easier if you didn't have an engine that ran off of fuel like that that doesn't change. You, you know you have a set amount of weight for that engine, and it's not going to change. Well, you know, Facebook was developing that, that glider, that plane that stayed alive or stayed in the air off of solar that was developed out of YPG. Like, so at some point, the solar technology will get that much better. Yeah, and I think that's part of the, the, the solution is putting solar on it. But how much solar can you put on a plane to be effective and, and keep it powered? I mean, at some point, the technology will just start compounding where they will meet and you'll actually ha- be able to generate the power needed to stay up there. You know, are we there, though? You know who could fix this problem? AI. AI. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it all it- comes back to AI. I hear you. So maybe we should have AI writing our laws. It knows better. Yeah. It, it tell, hey, Adam, you know, you're not allowed to, you know, fly on these days because AI said so. Well, the FAA already says that. So. Oh, yeah, right. I'd much rather the computer tell me than the FAA. <laughs> it just feels better that way. Yeah. I got I'm not going to just blame it on, you know, you know the we, computer. We let the machines control everything and now look at where we're at. Yeah. We got to go. Um, we will talk to you on Christmas a week from today. This is Life, Death, and the Law. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.